I'm trying to let you. I'm trying to be a DJ for you. Okay. You got you're, your joke. You're trying to prove your worth here. Absolutely. Okay. Let's got, go. I got a joke to start us off. Okay. Um, what do you call a woman that takes care of owls? Why is this going to be offensive? What's the answer? It could be a male. What do you What do you call somebody who takes care of owls? What? A hootin' nanny. <laughs> Welcome to Intermission, a show about anything and everything band related, proving the band is fun. My name's Kim Shuttlesworth. And I'm Riaz Mohammed. In today's episode of Team EA and Things, we'll talk midwinter concert prep and the upcoming Texas Music Educators Clinic and Convention. All right, we're back. Welcome back to another great week of cold. I forgot to put the SD card in again, so... Always something. Oh, it's with me in particular. Yeah. Yes. This is what happens when we do things. We DIY it. <laughs> DIY. <laughs> um, how was your weekend? Um, good. Um, these these last couple weekends, I've I've kind of had nothing on my work calendar, so just trying to take up as much time as I can doing nothing, because the next three or four weeks are going to be super busy booked doing things going to clinics or going to team EA, doing all those kinds of things so i'm 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 excited i have to tell you a story okay okay so this weekend riaz and i hung out as friends yeah we had friends must because we, we didn't have a christmas yeah. we didn't have a really have a christmas and we didn't have time and we have a good friend that that lives out of hi katie yeah lives lives out of the bubble here yeah and so way out there yeah way out of the bubble <laughs> so we wanted to make sure we could um spend some time together and we went to a wings place oh life-changing as 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 a current fat kid <laughs> yes here we go keep going it's called duff's duff's wings you're just giving them free advertising i am okay. maybe they'll give you some free wings okay yeah anyhow um i'd never been here before and typically, you know, you get a buffalo wings and you you get like a 10 wing combo. Yeah. So we're looking at the menu and Ken Libby decides that. <laughs> and I'm going to preface with this. She has only had Duff's wings. She had never had those kind of wings before. It made me think. Uh, no idea. Like at another place. Yeah. And she's like, if everyone's going to get 10, we should just get 50 because there's four of us. Have some for later. And. You yeah. know, a solid thought process. Solid thought process. They come out and they fill the table with 50 wings. And <laughs> the waitress looks at us like we are crazy. Right? <laughs> she looks at us like we're crazy. Yeah. And so we do it. I only get to like six, maybe seven. Same. Yeah. There are still 25 wings left on the table. <laughs> I've never felt that much shame over food in a long time. <laughs> well, it gets better. So we get to go boxes, right? And we decide to go back to your place to to hang out and play yeah. some freaking Harry Potter game. Don't insult it. I'm not. I just don't understand it. Okay. It was more like a live action walkthrough. I don't know what it yeah. was. It was a very long game. Hogwarts Legacy. You right. get it. So we go to leave because I need to go to the color guard contest to go see the yeah. varsity guard. 
but when we were going up to the room, we decided to put the wings in my car. I already know where this is going. Okay. <laughs> we try to put the wings in my car. Well, it's really cold. And um, we get in the car. Katie's with me. It was the worst smell. <laughs> I knew. Ever smell. I should have said something to you. It. I'm talking. I started gagging. <laughs> As I was driving, and I was like, we're going to have to pull over. I'm going to vomit. I have a sensitive <laughs> nose. <laughs> like, we're going to have to vomit. And then I was like, why didn't COVID keep my smell oh for a little, little longer? Anyhow, it smelled like dog you-know-what. <laughs> and so I was like, find, find the air fresheners. And so I opened up, like, it's dark because it's late at night. I opened up my uh, thing, and I found I had had these little, like, air freshener things you can put in your vents. Mm-hmm. I was like, fill the vents. Fill the vents. <laughs> You're ridiculous. We fill the vents and immediately just whoosh of cotton breeze. I was like, <laughs> smell it in, smell it in, smell it in. <laughs> Does your car still smell like chicken? No, it smells like oh. f- f- breeze, but I just... I don't know why you didn't bring it inside. It's not like I don't have a fridge. I understand, but I was like, oh, it's cold outside. Yeah, it's I like a fridge. <laughs> Man, it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. But the wings are so good. They they were good, but I didn't eat them again because I remembered what the they smell smelled like. <laughs> oh, that's good. So I didn't do it. Oh. Then I, you know... You know, like, I, here's my other story for you. I told you I was going to tell you two things. Yeah. Um, so, you know that I, I put candy out for the kids, mm-hmm. right? And I decided I'm going to buy a lot of candy this week because I'm going to be gone and I want to be able to, it's hidden, and I want to be able to give it to the kids while I'm gone. And they, I ordered it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm picking, I'm supposed to pick it up. I go to my Walmart, pick it up because it's cheaper candy there, right? I go to my Walmart and I wait there for 30 minutes. And finally, I'm like, guys, can y'all, I, can you bring out my order? How long did you have to wait? I was at the wrong Walmart. <laughs> I was at the wrong Walmart. I refuse to call and tell you. You're pretty. I know. <laughs> Today I am. My hair looks good and my face is done. <laughs> so anyhow, yeah, that was my... What? What? How? And they're like, lady, we don't have a spot 13. What's your name? And I said, Shellsworth. And they're like, you're not on our list. I was like, oh. She's like, check your phone. She's like, um, you're supposed to be at the other one. I was like, oh. That's Sorry corporate that. America for you. Ask me how stupid I felt. uh, That's happened to me before, but with Starbucks. Mm. And the sad part is, is I'm usually too lazy to just drive over to go get it from the other Mine was $70 worth of candy, so I was going to get it. Okay, I was about to say. I was going to get it. Two tanks again. And then I tried to call them, the other store, to say, like, hey, I'm sorry, I went to the wrong store. And Mm. no one would pick up the phone. But they brought it out to you. I had to go wait and say, hey, I accidentally went to the wrong place. I'm not in spot 13 here because someone else is in spot 13 here. And, um, but this is my order. And they're like, we'll bring it out to you. And so they did. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have any stories. I tell you everything that happens. I know. I just wanted to wait to see your like live reaction. How stupid I was. 
It happens to the best of us. Anyhow, talk about what we're going to do today. Uh, I don't really know what we're going to do today. Last week, we kind of left um, left off our TMEA little expose section. So we'll probably talk about some TMEA things. Um, both of us are doing clinics at TMEA. Um, and then right now we're in the middle of our midwinter concert cycle. So <clears throat> if you're if you're new around here, we here at Coppell we do a February concert. So right before TMEA, um, we'll we'll put a concert on the Monday and Tuesday of just because we have so many ensembles, and then we ship off on that Wednesday to go. What are we? we two ship weeks off? Of? Yeah, I mean it's like a trek to get all the way down there. Mm. It just takes forever. I I forget how easy it was when we were in Austin. Yes, it was just a short stone's throw away. <laughs> what? I don't know what's happening. Um, but yeah. Can I, uh, yeah, so let's talk about our midwinter and kind of what we're doing yeah. and why we're doing it. Um, so for my midwinter program uh, for the fourth band here, which is technically the fifth band because of the performance level, I guess. Um, I'm d- right now with them. I'm doing Carol Burton Chambers, Kalos Edos. I hope that's how you say that. Um, Jinx by Ryan George. And the original plan was to do themes from Green Bushes because that's something I'd carry over to UIL. Um, they're handling that okay, but I just think it's a lot for them to chew off of just to get it right. So we had that discussion a couple days ago. So I'm just going to replace it on this concert cycle with their UIL March, which will be Peacemaker. It's a King Swear Engine. Super easy. They're handling that really well right now. So we'll hit that hard um, just to get in a comfortable spot and off the metronome so we can have that prepared for the ne- over the next two weeks. And then with the second band uh, doing four Scottish dances, just two movements though, one and three, because um, that'll carry over to UIL. Um, I picked... Easter Monday on the White House lawn as my march. Um, our student teacher will be conducting that one. Uh, Spark by Will Pitts, and there's one more. Can we talk about that uh, really quick? And Spanish dance. Yes, let's talk about Spark and emotions. And if you tuned in last week, you know that he's dead inside. Yeah, and somehow, not somehow because of you, that's been a topic in our band hall. <laughs> All week. All week. Because I'm week. just, I'm so sad for you. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm a capable adult. Yeah. So he goes through her spark after school, and I, and I start to listen, and there's to the really pretty lyrical part. Yeah. And he's sitting there just grinding away at notes for note for note for note. And I walk up to him, and I give him a little side hug, and I say, "Do you just want me to fix it?" I immediately knew why you were there because I could tell that you knew what I was trying to do. I just could not, for the life of me, articulate it. And it would be the moment that you're sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) So I I work with the band for a little bit on lyricism and where the phrase goes and how it builds and how it pulls and the emotional connection of it. And then what do you do? Just throw my hands up and sigh. <laughs> it was like, I'm pretty sure I said something to the effect of, I wish I knew how to do that. <laughs> just So then I was like, okay, I think it's better now. And then yes. everyone that was in the room was like, yes, it's better yeah. now. Thank you. 
so I go home and the next day I'm doing him do a blue hour and all of a sudden I see him come out and sit on the stool while I'm teaching him do a blue hour. Well, that was partly because I was over my class. Yes. <laughs> so anyhow, we did a little emotional check with him. Yeah. We uh, also checked with children about do they like what, what questions oh, were we asking? The question was when you read like text do you hear and feel free to tell us because i want to know we literally asked a chunk of our kids when you read and this is a question for you guys out there when you read do you hear a voice reading to you whether that's your own voice or like making up characters because that's what a majority of people do whereas i see and i just understand like that word says stool that must be a stool I just associate ideas with what I read, if that makes sense. Yeah, I do not. I I tell the <laughs> whole story and draw like the picture. It's like a movie mm, in my head. No. I think that's how I'm able to read fast. And I, I retain the information. I just understand. Mm-hmm. So you're saying like I'm I read dumb. through understanding. No. That I need visual help? No. Different people learn differently. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. And then the second question was, is there an inner monologue at all times? We've talked about this a little bit on yes. the podcast. For most people, it's a yes. Like and for you? I am not most people. I am unique. It is. He's a special edition. He's static. There's, yeah. If if I'm not talking to you, chances are 80% of the time there's nothing going on. Just the, It's that little Sony DVD logo just bouncing around. <laughs> You want to admit that for real? Yeah. <laughs> but he still does good work, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. That's not to say I'm stupid. <laughs> but it is to say sometimes the light's not on. Conserving electricity here. <laughs> the power grid can't handle. <laughs> You're so dumb. No, it's it's a thing. Um, Kim Libby and I were talking about it. It's a whole psychological thing. Yeah, for sure. Just. People operate differently. Mm-hmm. I'm evidently unique. <laughs> yes, in many ways. Yeah. Not just that way. Uh, so what are you doing with your top band? Um, I already talked about that. The um, Oh, Easter Monday. I know. Oh, that, that's right. We yeah. just talked about that. I, I know you don't like that march. I don't. And I, I, I like it, but ooh, that articulation. Ooh, ooh, nobody talks about it, but. That's why I don't like it. That's fine. They're, they're doing okay. Yeah. It's um, messy. My group <laughs> is doing a lot of different stuff. Um, coming back from Midwest, you know, I think the excitement of having new music um, is always a thing. Yeah, all, literally all of you are like, finally. <laughs> finally, we get to play new music, you know. Um, I'm not sure that I bit off more than I can chew. I don't think I have now, but last week, let me tell you about last week. I struggled last week, and and I think that people need to know this, is that like... It is not always, you know, hearts and rainbows when you've got some of the best kids in the world, you know, or, or you think your job's going super, super well. It's not always like everyone has it. Like you, a lot of people always think maybe sometimes the grass is always greener, but everyone has their own mm-hmm. things. And me lately, I have felt, if I'm being perfectly honest, a little bit of the imposter syndrome of like do I really deserve these kids and do I really deserve um 
being able to play this music and am I smart enough to play the music? Am I, do I hear it the right way? Am I executing it the right way? And I had a lot of doubt last week um, because, and part of me, like, I wouldn't say lashed out, but like showed my frustration to the group of like preparation because I, I spend a lot of time kind of engulfing myself in it. And then, you know, we just got back from Midwest, stunning, stunning performances and kids played tons of literature and it just wasn't coming together. And I, it took, it was a hard for me, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. figure out, was it me? What was I doing? Because I, even though I talked to them about, yes, it's their practice and they need to come prepared. The other coin of that, that I didn't talk about that I stay up at night thinking about is like, what am I doing to not make them want to do that or not? Um, yeah. give them enough information so they don't need to do that as much, you know. And so last week was pretty tough because I thought I needed to change the program um, because maybe it was too hard, you know. And I just was very transparent with them. And I still struggle. Like, I would be lying if I said that I go to the podium every day and, and feel really confident that I'm going to make a difference that day, you know. And that's something I think that everyone probably has, but not a lot of people want to talk about it or admit it, you know, so I, I'll be first on here to say that it's not always, you know, the easiest to do sometimes, especially when you feel that there's an expectation being put on you by them and by yourself and by your staff and by your community about like, you should be this good because you've done blah. Yep. You know, that's really... It's a lot to live up to, and I and I think that has caused some doubt in myself, I think, sometimes. Um, but I just try every single day to maybe try to make a difference a little bit here and there, whether it's music or personal, and and go from there. But we're, we're cooking a little bit better now. We're doing um, – we're going to open with Overture to Candide uh, is what we're going to do, and then we're going to – move to uh commando march which side note i was going to use commando march for region i mean for my uil part Mm -hmm. and i just left the sectional this morning (laughs) and they requested to not play at uil they want to actually play susa i was shocked yeah that's i would have a hard time believing that if i weren't sitting in the room excuse me because i have yet to have a kid say can we play some susa right they want to play Susa. How do your horns feel about that? <laughs> I, I'm going to let the woodwinds <laughs> handle that situation. But um, Commando March, and then we're going to move to um, Sailing with Whales piece uh, by Galante, new piece. And then uh, uh, John Mackey's uh, Hymn to a Blue Hour. And then we'll close with Jupiter. Yes, it's a lot. That's why I have self-doubt probably right now. But I, we have made some headway in the last um, – we made some headway at the end of the week last week, and then I felt fairly confident yesterday that I think that the concert will be okay. Um, but I'd still in my back of my head, I'm like, I don't know, do they trust me to, to get the rest of the work done? Do I trust them to get the rest of the work done? You know. I think every spring 
<clears throat> excuse me, every spring, um, I usually hit or end up in some kind of funk. And yeah. nothing has changed this semester. I just, <clears throat> and we had this conversation yesterday. Is, is it, is it something that I'm doing that I'm not communicating to them because right. I I don't know what I don't know, but at the same time it's it's also a deal in which they have to follow through on their end. Right. And while it may seem like they're not following through, I have doubts in me that says, well, maybe it's something that you're not communicating. Right. Sorry, I butchered that. You're not communicating uh, clearly enough, and it's <clears throat> like. It goes back to, am I, do I think I'm good enough to mm-hmm. teach this? Like, am I picking literature that's above my head? Mm-hmm. Because I think that what they're playing should be achievable for them. And it just wasn't happening last week. So we, you know, the Spanish dance was is probably the easiest thing on my program. And I just, I started teaching from the middle of the ensemble when we we're in ensemble A. And I just got off the podium and I said, okay, just play. And it could not stay together mm-hmm. whatsoever. That's a tough piece to keep together, though. <clears throat> but it was just so dirty, and I felt like nothing was good about it. So I got onto my little soapbox a mm-hmm. little bit. And, you know, they know my belief about pass-offs, and it's it's okay until it's not. So let's all put the work in. And we had that lecture, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe not so nicely. Um, but things since that point things have kind of taken a turn and they're they're doing much better um but still it's just kind of pushing through the post winter break thing into we got to hurry to get this concert cycle going to get them prepped do you ever feel like you're letting them down um you want my answer my honest answer honest almost every day yeah because i'll have a concept of what i want to approach in class Mm -hmm. and it very rarely does it go the way I think it's going to go. Mm. And I still consider myself a young teacher because you li- are lifelong learner. Right. You know, just how do I fix this? And that's we have those conversations, right. too. I don't know what to do about this. And <laughs> the most frustrating part is, yes, you've been doing this almost twice as long as me. But what takes me 20 minutes will take you three minutes. <laughs> But it's that's the learning process for me. And I think, right. you know, as and we'll talk about this later as part of the clinic stuff. It's, you know, as somebody who's older and more experienced, that's sort of your responsibility to do that. Right. Just like I have a kid who I taught when he was in high school, who's now a first year teacher. And mm-hmm. he's coming to me with those questions. Now I preface it with I may not be totally right. So you should ask around. But as as someone who's older, again, it's my responsibility to make sure that he at least has more knowledge than I did when I was his age. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I think I, I feel like I let down the kids a good amount. Yeah, I think I let them down last week in particular. But, you know, um, try try a little bit better this week and see if I can get, get it going. Um, but that's what's going on with us. So that is some vulnerability there that I don't think that people talk about. No. But Um, I do think it's important to talk about because I think it exists everywhere and it exists in every band hall, no matter how good you think the band hall is or how not good the band hall is. Like, I think everyone goes through that feeling and because you don't want to be too comfortable all the time. Yeah, it's it's just that fear of being exposed that 
I don't know what I'm doing. It's it's the same concept as sending a bad rec- a recording that you think is really bad to somebody to listen to. Right. Because there are people out there who will not bring people into their band halls because they're just protective of that. Right. Yeah. Um, so if when so many kids are listening, sorry if I let you down, but <laughs> I'm going to try hard anyway. I'll get better. I think we both are like that. We'll get better. Yeah. Um, we grow when you grow. So, uh, anyhow, let's talk about TMEA. Um, I'll briefly talk about something that is on my mind about it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the all-state process. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of, of really wrapping my head around if I like it or not. Right now, I'm leaning towards I don't like the end, mm. <laughs> you know. Um, so, here in Texas, you know, you compete and you compete and you compete in band and then you get to area and you audition and then you make your all-state spot. And then immediately after that, those next coming days, you have to record your etudes again. Same cuts. Same cuts as you had at area. And they send you a very specific sheet that tells you you get one try to do it. You can only do blah. You can only do blah, right? And so me being a rule follower, when I see it and it's highlighted in red and yellow, that that's an important thing to do. And, you know, and I think about that as, as an adult, I'm like, man, this is kind of tough to do, but I mean, it's my job to enforce it. Right. So getting into the recording process of it, you know, a lot of people, um, think that it is an equitable issue in terms of like, well, higher privileged groups will have better equipment to record, so therefore their kid will sound better, so therefore their kid will place better, right? And I think a lot of people think that, you know, you come in and you spend thousands of dollars and stuff, but uh, I did not do that. I used a $150 microphone. We use what our front ensemble used. Yeah, we use what our front ensemble used. I put it on a stand. I found a room that had some decent resonance in the choir suites, um, in our guitar room and, and set it up to where, you know, the kids could come in and put them in like 15, 20 minute slots. They could come in, do the runs, you know, follow the stuff. And as I'm watching kids do it, I'm noticing they're way more stressed about that than they were about Mm -hmm. auditioning in front of people and, you know, I kept asking myself, like, is this the best way to celebrate a student making Allstate? I understand that we have to place them. Like, I understand the logistics. Yeah. And, you know, when I was in Allstate, you showed up at, in San Antonio and you went and you auditioned and you auditioned on excerpts that were on the... They have nothing to do with the program. No, they have nothing to do with the etudes. They're excerpts yeah. that are within the program. Oh, okay. So one of them, you know, one of them will be from symphony. A couple will be from the band and all this kind of stuff. So you just audition on them and then they place you. Right. And so I got to thinking about that part of it, along with the mental, like the mental side yeah. of having to record and getting one shot, you know, and I've kind of talked about this with my friends. So this is not going to be any surprise if someone hears it is that I feel you know, because the whole debate is and what what's going around is that are people cheating? 
Are people re-recording? Are people having bunches of takes and then importing that and all this kind of stuff? And I, I think Team A has done a nice job in the system this year where it was hard to do that. If I don't, I don't even know how to do it. <laughs> but again, you know, you hear rumors that people did it, you know, and they found a loop around or whatever. And that's that's on the directors for allowing it. Like, so that's not the kid's fault. It's the person behind the record, you know, doing it. So I have a problem with that. That's, you know, that's just, I don't think that that's the right way. Right. Um, And anyhow, I just think about how these kids should just be happy that they're there, but they're not. Because they have to, they're immediately focusing on the next thing. Right. They're immediately focused on, oh my God, I thought I was done with these etudes. Right. And so I'm trying to figure out how how far I want to kind of investigate or or deal with the fact that we need to we need an oversight committee to make sure that the the last part of this is student centered. Because I'm I'm not sure that we're thinking about what is best for kids. You I know. think we're just really involved in the process and the process itself we right. don't think about the kids side right and i get i get that we need to save time uh-huh. on <clears throat> at tmea because we want to get the music to them so that they're more prepared for concerts that i agree with i understand the logic for that but i'll be really honest hot take <laughs> i would rather hear if i was judging a horn room this year in particular i would rather hear the meslanka four solo played as an as an excerpt than any of the etudes because i feel that the etudes are technical passages making sure people have technique the excerpts are musical passages making sure people understand music and i i think that's two different identities that we're going for because what if we get a kid that has learned those etudes since july has them memorized is like a machine goes in plays it but then has no doesn't know how to play the phrase. I think it's the it's in the same breath. It's just like percussion. They have to learn all these things to go play concert bass drum, right? Or tambourine. Yeah, which is the inclusion. Of, that's why they're doing percussion ensemble now. Like I, I like I understand that, but it the the information just doesn't necessarily connect from the audition process to the performance process. Correct. Yeah. But that's what we do. As teachers, we connect them. We set them up from one concert to the next concert. So one evaluation to the next evaluation gets you to the final evaluation. Yes. And so I just... um, It feels a little disjunct. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone else feels like this. And if you do, feel free to reach out to me. And if you don't, you want to have a conversation about it, I'm happy to have it. I do think that there needs to be... We need to look at it. Um, I do think that there is an issue at the end that we're not really recognizing nor are we saying is this the best way we can do this you know because think about it an honor band an adult with his band or her band they get to write down five different opportunities and they you know and then they submit the opportunity that they chose Right. Mm -hmm. But we're telling a potential 14 to 18 year old kid. You only get get one one shot shot in life. 
And I get it. There's there's a, a life lesson in that. I, I totally understand that. But do we have to teach it that roughly? Yeah. When we don't teach the adults the life lesson that way? Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I'm I'm hearing what you're saying, but I'm also thinking like for the honor band process, there's central listening locations, right? So like, it, when you, in in the region round of that, you all go to one location. The area around you all go to one location. They play it from a central speaker set and with oh. the the adjudicators. So I wonder like, does the region secretary now do the recording thing? I don't know. So that way it's equitable and they all use the same equipment that, you know, TMEA says that this is the equipment you should use to record and it's up to the region for procuring that. Mm-hmm. Somebody within your region has to have the same equipment. Just that's the another layer of equitability thing. Yeah, for that. Yeah. I'm I'm just worried about what it's the other the mes- side. Yeah, yeah, the other side of it, but also the message that it sends that those etudes will make or break you essentially. Does that make sense? Yeah. And being an Allstate kid myself, I understand it in terms of how would I felt if I had to do that versus just learning new stuff and being able to play it so they could hear, was I the best soloist? Did I, did I win that solo? And that's why I should get it. I also noticed that everybody during the region area process, a lot of people post their hot takes on Facebook. Right. And what I thought was interesting was, I forgot who it was, but somebody said, why don't we do area? Like, why doesn't area happen before break? That way the kids are able to have a break. Oh, that's right. not continuously working on the same etude. That's true. We could give them different. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was. I mean, because we know what the, we know what the Allstate music is. Yeah, in plenty At of time. Point. Yes. I don't know. That's my soapbox with it. I'm putting it out there because I don't know what I want to do yet. Vulnerability. But. That's where we are. That's yeah. today's vocabulary word. It's true. <laughs> All right. Other parts of teammate, but I love teammate. I, that's the thing is I love the organization. Yeah, I was as so a much kid, good for the state. Yeah, I was as a kid. I was going with my mom. Like, I get it, mm. you know. But as I get older and I've been doing this a little bit longer, I question things because I think that's where growth comes from. Like, if if I'm not questioning it, or if no one's questioning it, then it's just going to stay the same, and we're all going to deal with it. But if there's if there's something to be unpacked and something to look into, I think we should. No, I, I definitely think that there's something there. I just, with so many kids auditioning, like hundreds of thousands, it's just hard to kind of pinpoint what that thing mm-hmm. is. But I, th- I think there is something or some validity to your statements. Yeah. Get people in a room. Let's agree. Let's disagree. Yeah. Let's come to a collaboration on it. You know, that's my whole thing. But let's talk about convention because I'm excited about it. I'll I'll be the first to say that I haven't spent a lot of time on the app checking out clinics. I have. Just yet. Oh, anything interesting. Let me see if I can pull it up. <laughs> Listen, the internet doesn't work around here. Oh, it's spe- specifically this morning, uh, we tried to, as soon as our sectionals were done, 
we tried to get on the internet, you know, to plan for this podcast. And then you show up to our office. Does your internet work? No. Does yours? No. Okay, cool. What are we going to do? Let's just sit and talk. So here we are. <laughs> right. Um, but I'm excited for our kids to, most of them are are new to the Allstate process. There's just a handful of repeat uh repeat staters, I guess. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for them to get to experience the conductors. And really, I'm excited for the uh, symphonic band conductor. Um, Jason Fettig is doing that band. He's doing a couple of new pieces of literature, but that Maslanka is going to be so good. It'll right. be great. Um, so what clinic are you doing? Yours is on... My clinic is on Saturday morning, I believe at 9... 30 yeah 9 30 and at in cc 217 um it's called built to last becoming an effect effective assistant band director um first clinic ever and just kind of nervous about it because i know different people have their different approaches of you know what is effective and what how do we do this job but um it's the, the clinic will be with me and julia donnell from uh, ctj She's been doing this, I think, seven or eight years. This is my ninth year. And we've just kind of sat down and thought, you know, what works for us? What are some of the things that we haven't seen at these clinics before? And how can we address them? Um, so it's it's more of a process um, for almost every assistant band director in any boat imaginable. And that's how we, we try to keep things in a wide scope. Like... Um, the way the clinic is structured is we've broken it down into almost three-year increments. So your first three years, these are the things that are really important. Mm -hmm. So like picking your method book, picking your systems and processes, going with the flow of whatever your head director, like what whatever your head director wants the program to look like, big picture things. And then the next three years is, you know, developing your teaching, how to use professional development to your to your advantage going and listening and things like that and then on the on the back end you know what's the thing that comes next for you is it something that you turn into a mentor teacher do you start going out and clinicking and judging do you start looking for that head director job when do you know you're ready and you it's can short. never leave <laughs> is that for me directed at me directly yes okay <laughs> um so just ever oh yeah yes ma'am we make a great team. I didn't say no. <laughs> I know what I'm good at. You know what you're good at. We work well together. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it's it's definitely exciting, but very nerve wracking because I know people have their opinions. But I just about all clients and everything. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'm really nervous about mine. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you're nervous about mine too. Yeah. Oh, because you're uh, you're helping mm, with it. Yeah. Okay, my clinic is called, what is it called? Balancing Strength and Flexibility. I know. I just, oh. I need to get to the thing. Oh, your little yeah. TMEA app. Yes. Um, so, yes, Balancing Strength and Flexibility and Approaches to Teaching. And what it is, is basically, we're going to talk because it has some rock star people and me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um Basically, it's a bunch of questions that Riaz is going to ask us. He hasn't even seen the questions yet no. uh, because we want him to, we don't want him to be super, like super prepared. We're going to give them to you like a week before. Okay. Um, and 
each of us is going to answer a couple of them ourselves, like as a group. And then, and then, uh, two of us will answer certain questions at a time. And basically they're pre, um, pre-written that we think you, that people would ask us about partially like how we've stayed in the business maybe. Um, because a big concern that I have personally is that there's too many good educators leaving. Mm-hmm. Whether it's because it's not enough money or it's too much time or whatever whatever the reason is that they're going. Um, I think that we need to address how you can manage to stay in it and and maybe it looks different as you keep going, you know, but you can last a long time. You've got almost built to last like, like your clinic. We maybe we're a predecessor to that, but it's one of those things that I feel humbled because we've got people like Sally and Jennifer who have taught private lessons for 30 plus years. Exclusively. Exclusively. Yeah. And, and that has been their contribution to music education is is that side of it. And it's still teaching. And so it's still tough and it still deals with a lot of stuff, right? They still have their own type of paperwork. They have their own type of requirements and research and all this kind of stuff. And then the other side is you've got Amanda Drinkwater who was in the classroom for a very long time and is now a fine arts director and is still giving back, you know, and and doing that and me coming you know coming in as the baby essentially but a lot of people a lot of i i will say this and i and i love my friends dearly but i'm the only one that's kind of lasted come to our clinic you'll last longer yes (laughs) right i I mean like a lot of my friends have gotten out of the business yeah and uh and i understand completely why they have you know but I'm still in it. So I've got to figure out how do I help people stay in it? Because I think we're losing a lot of great, great educators because maybe they feel unappreciated. Maybe, you know, they're in a a different situation and they don't know how to make the best of it. You know, there's, there's just a lot of things that I think go around and I'm even seeing some of like my former student teachers considering leaving, you know, or former employees that got out of it. And it's it's just sad because I saw the talent and I see the energy. And it's it's sad that, you know, you can take that from someone. And I think I've been focused on that a lot lately. Like, how do you still find your joy in what you do? And you don't want to take someone else's joy. I feel like people talk about that, but I never have honed in on a central answer. About like, what? How do you find your joy? I hear it every year. Well, it's because year. you're emotionless. Oh, my God. <laughs> And we've come full circle. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> that was good. No, it's a it's a it's a topic that I feel like comes up in almost every single clinic every single year. And I don't know that much has changed in the last five years For since you? pandemic. No, just in general. Okay. Well that's just me. Yeah. Interesting. Well, our clinic will be good. It'll it'll definitely have laughs. Um, we we tell stories about when we were kids. Oh, okay. Like there's things like that in there, so it'll be a good time. But that's what that's what we're doing. So yeah. our our episode was a little more melancholy today. It was. Maybe, Maybe it's something we're doing. Oh, 
or we're doing or the weather. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's important for you guys to see that it exists everywhere. Yeah. You know, so words for encouragement are, you know, you're going to be fine. Keep going. Keep going. You're just doing a great job. Just wake up the next morning and try again. Yep. And talk to someone like you can talk to us. Like if you're going through a tough time with it and you're not really sure where your way is, email us, reach out to us, find someone that has our phone number and get it and text us. You know, we're here to help. Um, we live the struggle just like you live the struggle. And so we want to make um, the best of it. We want to be good examples for our kids and for the community. And But sometimes we have rough patches. Yes. Ditto. Copy. Paste. Here. Right. Yeah. It happens to everybody. Yep. But I hope everyone has a great week. I hope everyone stays dry with all this rain. It's the moving through the country the right c- now. The whole country, yeah. And, <clears throat> uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.